0: Hello, and welcome to the Thrive Online podcast. This is our sermon series podcast, and I wanted to thank you for joining us today. As we get going, I wanted to say that whether you are tuning in today from the car, the gym, or even your work or home, we pray that today's message inspires you and that it gives you hope and builds your faith. So let's lean in, turn up the volume, and get excited as we
1: get ready to learn today. How's everybody doing? (laughs) Doing good. All right. I love it. I love it. Well, I just want to welcome you this morning. If you're a guest with
0: us, um, I just want to say thank you for taking uh, some time out of your weekend to join us, to be here at Thrive. Um, My guess is this, that if you're here today, it's because either one, you have a friend that invited you to come and experience uh, what it's like to be a part of this Thrive community. Uh, Maybe you are here because... um, Maybe you're just checking things out. Maybe you're new to the area. You're trying to find a place where you can connect and grow. Uh, Or potentially you're here because you've been on a journey of just trying to discover what the truth is. And uh, somewhere along the line, you've heard that that maybe Jesus was the truth. And so you came to this church to find out um, just what that might mean. And so whatever the reason is why you're here, we want to say welcome, and we are glad that you're here. Um, We love to say it like this. Thrive is just a bunch of imperfect people becoming the church on the mission with Jesus, bringing hope. And healing to the world. And we believe this that Jesus has invited us to partner with him, uh, to be his disciples, to be his hands and feet, his ambassadors to the world. Uh, We don't always do it perfectly, um, but we are sure trying to be more like Jesus in everything that we do. And uh, he wants us to share the good news of his salvation, uh, which is this that we have forgiveness for our sins and that each and every one of us has that opportunity to receive that. That's really what we're here and what we're about. And so um, every week we gather as a community. We worship with songs like we just had. We have a short message, um, and then we have an opportunity to respond. And so that's what we're, we're about, and I hope that as you're here, maybe today you feel like a guest, but as you continue to lean in, maybe you continue to come, that it be, uh, you begin to feel like you're more and more part of the family. That's really our prayer and desire for you. A couple of weeks ago, we started a series called Soundtracks. Everybody say Soundtracks. Started a series called Soundtracks, and uh, really what I wanted to do was to start the year. I love to start the year with kind of like a, a, a way to kind of get us on the right track. And so I wanted to start the year in such a way that it would help us to end the year, to finish the year, uh, better than we are today like one step deeper in our relationship with Jesus, one step uh, closer to kind of being a, a person of full maturity in Christ. That's really kind of the goal. And so that's what we wanted to start with. And the truth is, all of us, um, really, we have uh, soundtracks. We have these soundtracks that kind of play over and over in our heads. And so we, um, the problem is this, that we, we oftentimes will listen to these soundtracks. And most of the soundtracks that play in our heads are broken, they're broken soundtracks. They're they're not soundtracks that that help us or encourage us. They're the kinds of soundtracks that pop up when you least expect them. That we they're the kind of soundtracks we overthink. We overthink them constantly. These are the kinds of soundtracks that can create stress and anxiety, fear, negative self-image, unrealistic or untrue beliefs about ourselves. And listening to these broken soundtracks is, is really, it's kind of like listening to a, a really bad one-hit wonder. You're not sure why it became popular. You're not sure why it became famous, but it did, and then it just won't get out of your head. Anybody know a song like that? You just, it's like a song that plays, you're just like, I wish I could get it out of my brain, right? But the more you listen to it, uh, you become convinced that maybe it actually is a masterpiece. Like maybe this actually is a good song. Maybe I I thought it was just like this lame song, but really maybe it's got some deeper meaning to it. We start to overthink uh, a song like that. Sometimes our broken soundtracks in our minds can be that way too. But God wants so much better for us than that. And Jesus taught us so much better than that. And Paul reiterates and and kind of refreshes our memory with that when he says this, when when he, he says this to the Philippians in, in chapter four. How many of you guys brought your Bibles today? I just, I'm curious. I, I gave a challenge a few weeks ago that we should start bringing our Bibles to church, just kind of carrying those Bibles around, not so that we can show off how big our Bibles are or anything like that, or you know how used they look, but just there's something about holding them in your hands. And if you didn't, no shame on you, that's fine. That's fine. We're gonna have the scriptures up there too, but I just wanna encourage all of us to start bringing our Bibles to church. So that's just an encouragement. That's a side note, just wanna do that. But in, cha- in chapter 4, verse 8, it says, And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing, fix. Everybody say fix. Fix your thoughts on what is true. Say true. And honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about, the, about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Like, we could just stop right there, and our time together could be over, couldn't it? Like, if we could just do that, we'd be fixed. <laughs> The problem is oftentimes we struggle with what we put in our minds, what we fix our attention on. But Paul's pretty straightforward. These are the things that we should be thinking about. But let's be transparent. How many of you can honestly say that your minds are fixed, that they are fastened, that they are attached to all of these positive things all of the time? I don't know that any of us could. But these are the kinds of things that we should be thinking about. And it's going to take more than just our pure determination to make these kinds of thoughts our regular thoughts. It's going to take the Holy Spirit speaking to us because the enemy wants to steal, kill, and destroy. And he is constantly going to be speaking lies to us. He's going to constantly be trying to turn up the volume on these broken soundtracks that have so often plagued us and so often influenced us. And so we're going to need the Holy Spirit. And so I want to just take a moment right now and invite the Holy Spirit to speak to us this morning as we kind of just talk about some really practical ways that we can begin to retire these broken soundtracks. Would you join me? Well, Holy Spirit, we come to you recognizing this. We need your voice to speak to us. We need your voice to be louder, louder, Than the voice of the enemy. We need your voice to be louder than these broken soundtracks that so often consume our thinking. And so today we want to learn the truth and know that the truth will set us free. Help us to see that we can choose the soundtracks that we live by. In Jesus' name, and everyone said amen. Amen. I want to share a story with you. Uh, When I was in high school, when I was in high school, there was a song. There was a song that became very popular. In fact, it was so popular, it was like number one on like, in like 12 countries around the world, okay? Like number one song in 12 countries around the world. It was a, a song that just kind of stuck in your mind. It was just kind of one of those earworm songs that you just couldn't get out of your brain. And, and in fact, it was one of those songs that, it was like a love-hate song. The people loved it so much that they made it number one on the listening soundtracks, but it was one of those songs that people hate it You you guys know what I'm talking about. And so what happened was the local radio station decided they were trying to raise some money to to help support the local food bank. And so uh, they decided this is what we're going to do. We're going to play that song on repeat all day long until we reach our funding goal. (laughs) And so uh, you turn on the radio and you hear this song and the song is playing. Now, they were creative about it. They didn't just play the song through back to back to back. They would play the song through and then like they would pause it in the middle and they would do their announcements, do their thing, and then they'd pick it right back up where it left off. So like sometimes you get the full song, sometimes you get half, the song, but it didn't matter, because the fact of the matter was nobody wanted to listen to the song, so the people are calling in, and they're, like, updating their, like, we're almost there, and they're like, you know what, we're doing so well, we're going to increase our goal, and they're like, ah, no, stop, and so people were listening to this, forced to listen to this song all day long. Now, this is the type of song that just wouldn't let you go. It's the type of song that once you hear it, you can't stop hearing it. Now, for some of you that might be a little bit older in this room, you might not be familiar with this song. So let me just put it to you this way. It'd be like if you heard Lamb Chop's song, this is a song that no, never ends. Okay? And so once that song gets in your head, you like, it's like some of you are like, I finally got it out of my brain last year, and now you just brought it back. This is the kind of song that was. You want me to tell you what song it is? Yes. I only actually have to say two words. In fact, they're not really even words. They're sounds. And you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Who else remembers this broken soundtrack? Mbop. <laughs> Some of you are like, that's my jam. I still listen to it every day. Mbop. That's one of those songs. I remember one of my high school friends was like, it was like really popular. We're like sitting there and he's, he's humming the song. Now he was one of those guys that like, he was kind of the cool guy that was always listening to like the, like the edgy kind of music, you know, he's like, I don't know about you, but this song's a jam. And I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, mark my words. This is going to be a song that everyone's going to be singing. I was like, no way. It was. And so um, Mbop is just one of those soundtracks, right? And as annoying as that soundtrack, as annoying as that song was, it's not nearly as destructive or as annoying as some of the soundtracks that play over and over and over again in your own mind. Just the other day when I was uh, sitting down and talking to Pastor Jordan about this message, one of my broken soundtracks kind of came out. As we were sitting there talking and I shared it with him, I said, one of my broken soundtracks is this, that I have nothing important to say. And I I realized how ironic that is with what I'm doing right now, literally, right? But that's one of the soundtracks that's played in my life since I was young. In fact, when I was in, in elementary school, I often wouldn't raise my hand to answer questions, even though I knew the answers, Oftentimes, I wouldn't say anything unless the teacher specifically called on me. And usually, they called on me because I wasn't making eye contact. I wasn't really looking like I was paying attention. And so, they would call on me to kind of catch me, right? They'd try to catch me sleeping, either mentally or physically. And when they would ask me, I'd always, for the most part, would have the right answer. But I didn't want to share what I thought because I really didn't think that I had anything to offer. I didn't think that I had something more to say than someone else. I, I thought someone else had a better answer than me that carried with me through college. When I traveled with our, our kind of traveling uh, team for the school, we did skits and all that kind of stuff. And, and we ended up getting like these coveralls for this one event that we did. And we put these little like little phrases or little kind of like letters on our, our uh, outfits just to kind of like, they were like inside jokes to us. And one of my friends, is, his, his was lefty. And one of them was, you know, something else. I can't remember all of them, but mine was NTS. Nothing to say. Like that was a soundtrack that I literally actually like made verbal. I actually spoke it out and actually like proclaimed it as almost something that I was proud of. Like I have nothing to say. And it wasn't until I, I was a senior in college and one of my professors early on in my senior year, um, he noticed that I wasn't really speaking up in the class we were in and, and he kind of pulled me aside after. He said, Dave, come here. He said, hey, I need you to speak up. And I was like, well, I don't think I have anything to say. No, 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 no. you don't understand. These freshmen, these sophomores, these juniors, they look up to you. You're a senior They're expecting you to kind of share things that maybe they don't yet understand. You've gone through some of these classes, you understand some of these these ideas, these thoughts, and they need you to share your input. And so it forced me to have to look at why wasn't I speaking out? Why wasn't I more confident in who God made me to be and, and what I've learned? And that's carried with me,
1: and it's continued
0: to be something that I've struggled with, this idea that I don't have anything important to say. In fact, one of my goals in life was to write a book, but every time I think about writing a book, I tell myself, but I don't have anything to say. Like, what could I add to the conversation? Everything has already been said. Isn't that what it says in the Bible? Like, there's nothing new under the sun, and so if there's nothing new, then why would I even try to write anything new? And I make these excuses, and this broken soundtrack plays in my mind. In fact, sometimes, even on Sunday mornings, um, as I'm preparing for Sunday mornings, I hear that voice inside me saying,
1: "You don't have anything new to say. The broken soundtrack. Why do I listen to the broken soundtrack? Why do you listen to your broken soundtrack? It
0: could be because we simply just don't question our thoughts enough. Maybe we just don't know how to identify them for what they really are. And so now you might be asking, well, so how do I do that, Pastor? How do exactly do I identify what's a broken soundtrack and what's not? Well, there are three simple questions that I want to share with you today that you can ask yourself that will, that, that, that will help you to decipher if this earworm that keeps playing in your mind, this soundtrack that keeps playing, whether or not it is something that is worthwhile or not, something that is worth overthinking or not, because some of you have been listening to the same broken soundtracks for days,
1: weeks, months, years. So the first question that you can ask yourself is this. Is it true?
0: Is this broken soundtrack that I'm listening to true? Because we need to understand this very important reality. Just because you think it doesn't mean it's true. Just because you think something doesn't make it true. Believing that is, is, is like this. It's like believing that everything you read on the internet is true.
1: Does anyone here genuinely believe that everything you read on the internet is true? And if you did believe that, you'd be silly, right?
0: And yet oftentimes when it comes to our own thoughts, we believe that everything we think is true.
1: Just because we know something isn't true doesn't keep it from our minds either. Deep down inside, we know that not every thought we
0: have is true. Not every thought, that's just not statistically possible. So, so then why do we trust all these thoughts so implicitly? Because we have an enemy. We have an enemy of our souls. You can name him whatever you want. The Bible's called him Lucifer. We call him Satan,
1: the enemy, right? But the Bible specifically has a name for him called the father of lies. The
0: father of lies. Like his native language is lying. I, I, I love to say it like this. He's the lying liar who lies. That's just what he does. He doesn't know how to do anything else. And all he wants to do is to destroy your life and my life. His prime objective is to steal our joy, to kill our hope, and destroy our peace. And the reason we struggle to identify these broken soundtracks is because he's really good at making them sound kind of true. Last year, we talked about this word, "truish." What that means is this. It's, it sounds true. It may even be partially true, but it's not completely true. If, they were, if, these, if these soundtracks were just bold-faced lies, we wouldn't believe them, right? Those of you who are parents or adults, if you know a child is bold-faced lying to you, you don't believe them, right?
1: And as we grow older, we learn how to kind of disguise the lie with a little bit of truth so that people don't know that we're lying.
0: That's what we do to ourselves. And the enemy is good at making a lie sound like the truth. For example, one of the most common types of broken soundtracks that believers will have is this. It might not be this exact phrase, but something like this. I shouldn't share the gospel because someone else can do it better than me. I don't think I can share the gospel. Somebody else can do it better than I can. And so because they can do it better, then I really shouldn't because I don't want to mess anything up. Anything up. So I just, I just don't think I should. And the tricky thing about that statement is that there is a tiny bit of truth to that. Is there someone out there in the wide
1: world that can share the gospel better than you? Yes. Okay, there's only one Billy Graham, right? Like, you know, like there's,
0: there's only a few people that are like super, super like, that's all they do. They're just skilled at kind of sharing the gospel. And so, so we, we convince ourselves that, well, because I can't do it perfectly, I just, I shouldn't do it at all. But if we dig deeper, we discover that this broken soundtrack is really saying, until I'm the best at sharing the gospel, I won't share the gospel. That's really what we're telling ourselves. So now you have this, you have to be the kind of like the greatest gospel gangster out there. You got to be like the best at doing what you do. You have to be the very best to do it or else you just won't do it. And I know you can already tell that, that there's this kind of this broken loop, right? Like if you just walk through that, to be the best at sharing the gospel, you have to share the gospel. But if, if you're not the best, then you won't share. And so like, there's just this loop that just keeps going. Like, well, I'm not the
1: best, so I won't share, but to be the best, I have to share. And so it's just this broken... Soundtrack. When we hear broken
0: soundtracks on repeat in our minds, no matter what they are, we need to ask ourselves this question. Is
1: that true? Now, here's the thing. Some broken soundtracks could be true.
0: We have to ask this next question. We have to say, okay, so it might be true, but the second question we have to ask is, is it helpful? Does this broken soundtrack actually help me?
1: Like, it might be true that you're not the best at what you do, but does that help you? No. And the enemy loves to keep
0: us in this kind of, this this space where we're constantly, like, questioning who we are and what we're about and what God has made us to be. And so just because we know something isn't true doesn't keep our minds from thinking about it. These lies of the enemy have have this tenacious way of just not being stopped by just the truth. Not, they, they just kind of keep going. We need to ask ourselves if the soundtrack we're listening to is helpful. Is what this thing in my head keeps looping back, is it helpful? Does, it, does this repetitive thought move me forward toward growth or keep me stuck? Paul says this. He says, forgetting what's behind but straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize. Right? Like he's, he's reiterating this soundtrack because you know, he's, he's listed at different times in Scripture all the negative things he's done, but he says, you know, I have to forget what's behind. I have to move on towards the head. So he's reshaping the soundtrack of who he is. David says, Why are you downcast, oh my soul? He's looking at his life. He's saying, Man, I've got some negative soundtracks. I'm downcast. I'm frustrated. Why am I so downcast, oh my soul? Rejoice in the Lord, right? Remember who he is. Changing that soundtrack. Is it helpful? Does the soundtrack you're listening to move you forward toward growth or keep you stuck? Does it move you to action or apathy? Does it drive you to decision or does it keep you in indecision? The question is, is, is great because most soundtracks reveal their true identity when you ask this question of them. Is it helpful? For example, let's say you have a difficult conversation with someone you care about. A spouse, a friend, a son, a daughter, you leave that conversation and you begin to overthink it. You begin to wonder like, man, there was a little bit of tension there. There's a little, fru- there's a little bit of frustration, maybe a little anger in that conversation. I should probably circle back around, but you know what? You know what the Bible says? Like we should be people of peace. And so I'm not going to stir things up anymore and I'm not going to make any things worse. I'm going to just kind of keep it calm and keep it cool. And I'm just going to, that sounds true, doesn't it? That sounds like what the Bible says. But how many of you know this through experience that that if you know that there's tension, if you know that there's been a a place where there's been maybe a little bit of anger, a little bit of frustration, maybe a a little bit of like
1: a rub, you know that if you just let it lie, it's not going to get better. It's going to get worse. Have you ever tried to
0: sweep an argument under the rug? Have you ever tried to just kind of ignore that it ever happened? It doesn't make the situation or the relationship better. It's not helpful to have that thought process. And so the enemy kind of convinces you, like, it's better to just keep things calm and not make waves and not make more drama, but that's not really what the Bible says. The Bible says, like, hey, hey, hey if
1: you're offering your gift at the altar, if you're there worshiping God and you know that someone has something against you, do what? Go and make it right. Like, like that's the truth. That's the helpful thing because that helps us move forward.
0: You have to ask yourself, is this soundtrack that I'm listening to on repeat, is it helpful? And in the short term, it might appear to be, but we know that in the long term, that kind of soundtrack is so detrimental. Maybe you're thinking of a soundtrack right now that you know that you've like kind of sounds true to you, but you know it's not helpful. It's not helpful to your life, it's not
1: helpful to those around you. We have to ask ourselves the question: Is your soundtrack true? Is it helpful?
0: And there's a chance that your soundtrack has made it past these first two questions with flying colors. Soundtracks can be tricky that way. They are masquerading as truth. They are so good at hiding and and seeming as if they are helpful to you. And so you ask this third question. This is kind of the one that kind of causes the rubber to meet the road. It's this question of, is it kind? Is it true? Is it helpful? Is it kind? Is the soundtrack you're listening to on repeat, is it kind to yourself?
1: Is it kind to others? Maybe it'd be like, why does that matter? Why does it matter if it's kind to me? Because you're the only one living in your head. Right? If your soundtracks
0: aren't kind to you, then how do you think any of your words or soundtracks for other people are going to be kind? When you hear this soundtrack playing in your mind, do you feel better about
1: yourself? Or do you feel worse? Do you feel encouraged? Or do you feel discouraged? And this is where, as believers, we can really kind of nail things down.
0: Because the Bible specifically told us, what did we say? It says, fix your, fix
1: your mind on what? Things that are true, that are honorable. Right? And so if it's not kind to you, then it's not those things.
0: And so we know that that's a broken soundtrack. Most of the time, we over, what we overthink is something that makes us feel horrible about ourselves because most of the time the things that we overthink, those broken soundtracks, they're super judgy. They're super judgy of who you are. Like if one of your soundtracks is like, I'm not like, I'm not a very good parent. I mean, I look at some of these other parents out there and they're like nailing it, and not a very good parent, that's not kind to you. Those parents aren't having to live in your shoes. They don't know your circumstances, they don't know how your kids are, they don't know your situation. It's not kind for you to think that way about yourself. And the truth is, it's not true.
1: It can look true. Social media is great at making things look true. It might sound helpful because then all of a sudden you're like, so
0: I know I can try to be better, but I just can never reach that goal. I can try all these things. But is that soundtrack even kind? So we we can discover whether or not this is a broken soundtrack that's playing in our minds. And the, the reality is we don't just have one. We might have six or seven or eight different broken soundtracks playing, and so we have to ask the question of each of them as we recognize that they're playing over and over. Is it true? Is it helpful? Is it
1: kind? Now, here's the reality. When it comes to broken soundtracks that the enemy wants to feed us,
0: I wish we could say that there was just one way to fix it. Like, I wish we could just, like, flip a switch and it would be done. Right? How many guys wish that like, there was a silver bullet, flip a switch, and all those broken soundtracks would just turn off? Let's be honest. right? Yeah, we, it would be so much easier. And that's, that's one of the things that the enemy tries to convince us, that there is somehow a, a magic bullet. There's somehow a, an easy switch, an easy button that you can just push, and all of a sudden all those things can go away. But what happens when you you try those things and then those things don't work and those soundtracks come back even louder? Now you feel like a failure. Now you feel like somebody who can never get out of that trap and never out of that situation. And so now you feel even more overwhelmed than you did before because you tried what the world had to offer and it didn't work. You tried the easy way and it wasn't easy. So it's important for us to understand that to retire these broken soundtracks
1: we have to see our our, our answer is not of being a, a switch that we can turn off and on, but more of a dial. We have to think of these soundtracks as if they're on a dial, because the enemy is never going to stop attacking. The enemy is going to continue to push,
0: and so the reality is is that sometimes we just need to turn these turn these um, broken soundtracks in our minds, consider them like they're a dial. Like there's things that we can do to
1: turn down the volume. That we can turn up the volume on the things that God wants us to hear. And so, so I want to
0: just share with you a couple ideas. These are three really super quick, simple ones. There's so many more out there. In fact, I would suggest to you this, that there are more ways for you to figure out how to turn down the dial on those negative soundtracks than I could ever list. Because, honestly, it's going to be something that is very unique and very special to who you are. Because what works for me to turn down the dial might not work for you. For me, I love to journal. I've gotten out of the practice of it. So this year, my goal is to journal. I'm not going to say every day because the moment I miss a day, then I'm going to feel like a failure. So I'm just saying I'm going to journal as much as I can. So for me to turn down the dial, sometimes I just need to write things out. I need to process things out. So for me, that, that's great. But I want to share with you three things that each and every one of us, as people who love Jesus, who follow Jesus, who believe that Jesus is the answer, these are some of the things that we can do, okay? The first thing that we need to understand this is that God challenges us not to do the things that the world tries to do. Like, we understand that. Romans 12, 2 says, don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by doing what? Changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. See, when it comes to broken soundtracks, the enemy feeds us. It's a process of elimination, of eliminating those soundtracks by turning them down. The enemy wants us to think it's a switch, but it's actually a dial. The process of learning, transformation is a process. Right? Like think about the, the caterpillar and the butterfly. Right? Many of us, we remember back into our science classes, maybe you had some caterpillars that you, you kind of raised. You saw them turn into a chrysalis. You saw them do their whole thing. And what did the teacher say? We can't help them get out of their cocoon. Why? Because if we help them, then they're not going to be fully developed. See, transformation is a process. Learning takes time. And it says that God wants to help, help us to learn God's will for us. That means it's not going to just be instantaneous. It means it's going to be a process. Anything worth doing is going to take time. We have to gain knowledge and skill, study, experience. We have to be taught. Those all take time. So to retire our broken soundtracks will also take time. Time in the presence of God, time reading and studying his word, time spending, just, just time putting these things into practice. There will be times in our lives when the volume of our soundtracks will go down. And then something might trigger them and they'll come back up. Somebody might say something and they might come back up. And so we have to learn how to turn down the dial. So here are three starter techniques that you can use when you hear these broken soundtracks. Number one, talk to a friend. Like I shared with you, I I was sitting there and even as I was talking about this series and talking about this message, I shared with Jordan. This is one of my broken soundtracks. And the great thing was, as I shared this broken soundtrack with, and, uh, and this, you'll find this with your, with your good friends that you care about and that, that love you and care about you, what they'll do is they'll listen to you, and then they'll say, that's
1: not true. That's what friends do. Jordan looked at me, he's like, that's not true. Your friends will tell you, that's not true. And then, and then oftentimes what happens is this, then they'll share their broken soundtracks. And what that does
0: is it, it tells you and it reminds you like, hey, don't always believe everything you think because it might not be true and then it also says this you're not alone. You're not the only one. Other people have broken soundtracks too. And we can actually encourage each other and help each other get through them. In fact, hearing someone else say something like, "Hey, you know, I don't think that that's a true soundtrack. That's not very kind to yourself. That's not very helpful. I think you need to retire that soundtrack." That's Those kinds of words are like what the psalmist says. A heartfelt counsel of a friend is as sweet as perfume and incense. It's important for us to share with our friends. Maybe it's your spouse. Maybe it's someone else that you feel close enough to that you can
1: trust, to be honest. The second thing is this. Read and write scriptures regularly. Right? If you want to know what's true and honorable and praiseworthy,
0: read about it. Write it down. The Bible was given to us so that we could begin to comprehend who God is and just how great his love for us is. If we want to know the truth that sets us free, then we need to fill our minds with the truth. There's a principle that Moses shared with the Israelites that I believe remains true for us. Now, we might do it differently than they did and how he expressed it, but I believe the principle is still the same. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 6 through 9, he says, These commandments, these truths that I give you today are to
1: be on your hearts. How do we put them on our hearts? We meditate on them, that we think about them. Impress them on their children, repeat them.
0: Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. What is he saying? He's saying, understand God's words, understand the truth of God's word. Get that in your heart and then talk about it, experience it, write about it. It's just like it has to be everywhere you're going. When you're asleep, when you're awake, when you're at the table, when you're with friends, when you're with family, when you're driving in your car, when you're at work, when you're frustrated about something that's going on, when any of those things come up, when the, the soundtracks of you're a failure, you're no good, you're a liar, you're a cheat, you lied to your wife, you, you, you stole from the company, all of those things, you are, you're no good, all of those lies, those broken soundtracks. You turn down the volume on those things by remembering the truth of who Jesus says you are.
1: You're my child. You're my masterpiece. You're my ambassadors. You're my family, my friends. You're worthy because I've made you worthy. That's what the truth says. That's what the Bible says.
0: And so the only way to turn down the volume that's so loud oftentimes that the enemy is playing in our minds, we have to turn up the volume of the truth. And one of my favorite ways of doing that is creating a worship playlist creating a worship playlist. Worship sets our minds back on the one who made us. Worship reminds us of who we are and whose we are. Spending time in regular worship
1: works to fill our heart, soul, body, and mind with the right kinds of thoughts. John Baptist said, he says, I want to become lesser and I want him to become more. The more we think about ourselves
0: and the more we're caught up in our own thinking, in our own minds, and we're not putting our attention and our focus
1: on God, the more frustrated we'll be, the more access the enemy will have to influencing us with those broken soundtracks.
0: The psalmist David reminds us of the benefit of worshiping regularly. He says, but as for me, I will sing about your power. Each morning, I will sing with joy about your unfailing love, for you have been my refuge, a place of safety when I'm in distress. That's, that's the place I want to be. Oh, my strength, my strength, to you I sing praises, for you, O oh God, are my refuge, the God who shows me unfailing love. Those are the kinds of words, the kinds of soundtracks that we need on repeat in our lives because it is true, because it is helpful, because it is kind. Make for yourself a worship playlist. It doesn't have to be long, it could be like one or two songs, it could be 20 songs, I don't know, whatever works for you, but have that worship playlist playing over and over because it's going to constantly remind you of who God is. Who is God? He is your refuge. He is your strength. He is your hope. He is your peace. He is your joy. He is your salvation. He is all
1: of those things. And so when we get our hearts worshiping toward him, we start, stop thinking about ourselves so much. I want to invite our worship team to come. Each of these personal actions can help you retire broken
0: soundtracks that the enemy has been playing on repeat in your life. These three steps are just a few examples of some of the dials that you can use to turn down the volume on those broken soundtracks. I don't know what your broken soundtracks are, And I don't know what dial will work for you, but in the next few moments, I wanna challenge you and I wanna encourage you as the worship team is gonna play, I want you to begin to ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, what are the broken soundtracks? And ask yourself, is that soundtrack true? Is it helpful? Is it kind? And once you identify what the broken soundtrack is that's playing loudest right now, ask the Holy Spirit to give you some wisdom on what dial will help turn down that volume. What dial is it that you can you can begin to like use to turn down the volume of that lie? so that you can hear
1: the truth, that the Holy Spirit can begin to speak to you about his great love for you. I want you to take a few moments and to consider what your steps will be. As you
0: think about those dials, there's just two thoughts that I want to share with you about them. Make them simple and make them repeatable. If you make your dial too specific, Like I want to go. I'm going to go to the coffee shop. This is going to be my dial. I'm going to go to the coffee shop, and I'm going to sit in that one chair that I love to sit in. It's got the perfect amount of sunlight. It's far enough away from everybody that I don't feel like I'm like people are looking over my shoulder. I got to get in that chair, and I got to get situated, and I got to get I got to have my perfect journal. I got to have my perfect pen, and then I can sit there, and then I can really like turn down the volume on that sound. No, no, no. Because if any one of those things doesn't happen, then I can't do it. Make it simple. I'm going to walk around the block. I'm going to spend five minutes walking. I'm gonna, it, it, when I start hearing that thing, I'm going to do 20 push-ups. You can do that anywhere, right? When I hear that soundtrack, uh, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to pause for one minute and I'm going to declare God's truth over my life. I don't know what the dial is that's going to work for you, but I want to challenge you in the next few moments as this song begins to play, I want to ask you to ask the Holy Spirit, what dial can I use to turn down those negative soundtracks in my life? hey thanks again for joining us for thrive online this week for more information about our church go to thrivesquim.com and fill out a connection card i hope you have a great rest of your week and we will see you next week either in person or right here on the thrive
1: online podcast